The Christmas season brings about great joy, eggnog, gifts, Christmas carols, and the occasional holiday romp. Ho, ho, ho! So, put on your ugliest Christmas sweater, pour yourself some eggnog, and get ready for the 12 Interviews of Christmas. friends welcome to the 12 interviews of christmas i'm excited you should be excited this is the best time of year and we hope that christmas we're bringing theo. you lots of it's, it's christmas theo uh it is a it, Die Hard is a christmas movie anyone who says elsewhere uh, elsewhere should, should change the channel right now but no i'm excited about this hopefully you're getting some joy out of these interviews i know we're on break but we're having fun bringing these to you and i'm excited about today's because today's guest is a good friend off camera, on camera. She is the former spokesperson, spokeswoman, I guess is the more, I don't know, which, which is, is it, is it genderist now to say spokeswoman? I don't know. She was the spokeswoman for the California GOP. She's an author. She's the host of All American Radio. She's Jen Kearns, and she joins us now. Jen, it's so good to have you. Merry Christmas. Hey, Merry Christmas. Yeah, last time I checked, I'm a woman. I'm not like a Katanji Brown, Jackson, or supreme court justice who can't tell us what a woman is so right pile it on <laughs> you are a, you are an all-american woman at that um again thanks for joining us today i know it's a crazy time of year so we appreciate you doing this i warned you before we started the interview we're gonna kind of go all over the place disco might keep his shirt on he might not i don't know what's gonna happen and that's what's <laughs> great about this is it's it's the unpredictable time of the year uh, but let's start with this. I want to get in. I do want to talk about some serious stuff, but I want to talk about what your favorite Christmas movie is. Oh, mm. well, okay. I have a couple. If I could break the rules and answer yeah, yeah. a Go couple ahead. of them. Fire away. I mean, just from a pop culture classic Christmas vacation, like my, my family, we all just, you know, recite those lines from Chevy Chase all throughout. Um, you know, pour you some eggnog, drive you out into the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead, yeah. which is pretty much how I feel after the midterm elections about some people. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, so that has to be probably my favorite, like fun one to have on, you know, when you're wrapping Christmas presents and things. Uh, and then also not to be too cheesy, but it's a wonderful life. And, yeah. you know, I usually wait until Christmas Eve to watch that or see it, you know, on TV somewhere around Christmas. Um, it's just such a great reminder because all of us in politics, especially the news media, things can get so negative throughout the year and to get so stacked up that it's nice just to remember, you know, it's just great to be alive. Some days that's that's all you can say, uh, but that's good enough. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so your your classic movie, and I'm with you, like all my fa I work in a couple new ones every once in a while. But the classics are the classics. You have to have Christmas vacation. Yeah. You've got to have some of them. It's just, that's just, it's a rule. It's just, it's policy. It's law. You can't break it. Uh, you know, I know the Democrats right. don't follow laws, but us conservatives and God-fearing America-loving people, we follow the rules at Christmas. And one of them <laughs> is that you watch Christmas vacation. So, I mean, let's talk about well, this. I will Look. say, I have, a, I have a naughty choice, too. Okay, what's like your naughty choice? Santa. I like oh. Bad Santa. <laughs> yeah, Bad Santa's great. I was, I, you know, I talked about it uh, a week or two ago. I like, which is, which is, 
not typical. But I think Office Christmas Party is freaking hysterical. I, I really enjoyed that one with Jason Bateman. I get a kick out of that. Bad Santa's great. There's some there's some great ones. They are a little bit more off color. It's it's you got to spice things up at, at the holidays. I'm, I may have to watch Office Christmas Party. I've never seen it. I'm going to have oh, to do that tonight. Oh, do it. It's you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. It's 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 wildly inappropriate uh, but there's a sweet message Perfect. to it too but there's there's just some great com- there's a hilarious a bunch of hilarious people in there um i i i i think you're gonna like i feel pretty certain you're gonna like it but Good. like Good. let's so let's let's pivot here for a second because this <sighs> i'm a christmas homer i love this time of year it's my favorite i i've i've loved it forever most of us do right i've got four kids I love living and experiencing it through their eyes. But if we're all being honest, the world has changed quite a bit in the past few years, really the last three years. And I don't just say that because Trump was in office, but there's been a market shift since he left office. And I kind of feel like as we hit this time of year, I don't know, I, I, maybe it's just me, but I, I sit here and I think about, oh, we're putting up lights and we're enjoying this and, you know, family gatherings yada yada and then i i I kind of wonder to myself as i know because of of i just pay attention and you and i both work in in media what's going on in this world do you think as we head into the thick of this christmas season that there's enough people out there everyday americans paying attention to how broken things have become oh yeah most definitely in fact i I saw the day after the midterms when you know, I keep in touch with, you know, suburban women voters just because of what I do and because that voting block is so critical. So that's my, yeah. you know, main network. And every single person I spoke with, hundreds said, so glad the midterms are over. I don't want to think about this. I just want to go fill my Starbucks cup up with the Christmas drinks and think about how broken the world is after the first. But they needed that break. I mean, America, I think, needed a mental break because people do realize, they realize exactly what's going on. And I think the big trick that the Democrat party always does and why we didn't have that red wave, they want to distract people from just how broken things are because they're the ones breaking it. And they're breaking it on purpose because they want to, as Barack Obama told us, they wanna fundamentally rebuild and redesign America. And um, so there's half of the country that feels wounded you know, feel injured because all of the systems that we built are being torn down. And in some cases, literally being torn down, like the statues and things like that for two years. But pretty much every culture and norm from, you know, freedom of speech to what kind of car you drive. I mean, all of that stuff is under attack. And I think if you're what I call a normal human being or a normal American. And I, I think there's probably no such thing as a normal American. I think all Americans are pretty fantastic. Um, but if you're not like you and you haven't been in combat or you not like me and haven't been a press secretary and have had to take those arrows for people, it is a it is a very traumatizing, I think, time period in our country right now where people feel like everything's broken, all of their foundations are under attack, and that's because they are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you talk about burning stuff down, you know, Ilhan Omar and, and others have literally used that phrase and, and that terminology. If we need to, to burn the system down and start it over, 
And while the Democrats do like to physically light things on fire and burn buildings and businesses and people down, they, they, they mean start over. They mean scrap this, which is always so weird to me when they say, oh, we love America. It's like, OK, well, then why does every policy you discuss or put forward completely start over America and make it look, you know, unrecognizable? But that's a different conversation. Well, it's mostly peaceful. It's mostly. Mo- yeah, I mean, it's mostly peaceful. I mean, you can see that on the chyrons across the, the, the mainstream media. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild that we're experiencing. That said, you know, one of the things they want to burn down the most is the nuclear family. The every, what, what has been a traditional family, a family that you should be spending time with right now during these special seasons. I mean, you should always, but, but you know, it doesn't work for everyone. So these, these, these special holiday seasons are, are kind of a special time. So it's, it's something that's under attack like never before. They are unrelenting. They will not stop. And and while that is the case, at the same time, you know, you said people are going to wait till the first and do this. And I kind of encourage that. Like I always tell folks in, in the audience, don't stop. You cannot play nice with these people anymore. We're past that. It's just the way it is. But at the same time, on the weekends, I tell people, take a break from the politics, recharge. And it's it's freaking Christmas. It's you know Hanukkah for some. Whatever you celebrate, it is the holiday season. It's a special time of year. And we have a lot of work ahead of us. But I do hope that people are aware of what's happening, but can kind of table it for a couple of weeks and just soak up family time because it's so important. You need that emotional recharge uh, because we got a big fight ahead of us. Yeah, we sure do. And, you know, I recently wrote a book about this and you're right. It is sort of like a war. And um, I, I think they've been, you know, they, they talk about this war on women all the time. And they, they say that Republicans are actually waging this war on women and they've been saying it since around 2013 is the first time I heard the phrase when I was running a, a pro Second Amendment uh, campaign in the state of Colorado in 2013, the Colorado recalls, uh, where we were able to successfully get rid of the top two gun grabbers in the state. Um, but I thought, we're on women. Like, what? If there's a war on us? Like, who? And the more I looked into who was actually waging that war. Uh, I now know it's the Democrat Party and it's the squad and it's AOC and it's all of those things because you're right. They want women to be single because they don't like the nuclear family. They don't like that security of the family that that brings. And I was just talking with the Washington Times yesterday about this very topic. They want women to be single and career minded and feminist minded because they want women not to rely on a husband. They want women to rely on uncle. Sam. Yeah. So they've replaced that in, in the household. And if you look at the, the demographic of voters is shifting, um, it, it would probably surprise a lot of people to know that the number one largest voting block in the state of California today is the single career woman. And so this is why I think there's some incongruency with the Republican Party. They're still messaging the way we were messaging seven, eight years ago, which is hardworking families and you're rolling up the family SUV to the, you know, gas station and gases are so expensive and your family Thanksgiving meal is more expensive. I think that's why we didn't fully have the red wave and we didn't fully win the women's vote because we're still talking in the way things were eight, nine, 10 years ago. And we need to get with the program. And so after people have had some fun and enjoyed some family time and enjoy that little mental vacation, um, yeah, people need to come back and get equipped. And that's why I wrote my book, which is called The Real War on Women, 
uh, 14 different policy ways that uh, Democrats are harming women every single day. Well, and 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 since since you bring that up, I wanted to ask about it later. Where where's the best place for people to find that, Jen? Uh, they can get it exclusively at therealwaronwomen.com. I uh, had to cancel culture my book from tip to tail. Uh, I knew that I would end up getting banned on Amazon. You guys know I'm already, I've been shadow banned on social media for a while just because of the controversial uh, campaigns I've um, headed up in my uh, career. None of which, by the way, I regret, even though it's cost me dearly in terms of, you know, platform and reach. Um, there are campaigns that I would do in a heartbeat. Those are the Prop 8 campaign, uh, standing for traditional marriage. Even though I'm a single girl, I still believe in that institution. And um, as I said, Second Amendment campaigns where, uh, you know, Barack Obama and Eric Holder were coming after us at the same time they were gunning, gun running in Mexico. Right. Um, so a lot of those campaigns, you know, uh, got, got me canceled. And so when I said, I'm going to do this book, I'm not going to use any other publisher but myself. And uh, so I set up All American Media and uh, became my own publisher. And uh, we're doing everything, including the delivery. And uh, like Mike Lindell, who produces his products back in his home state, uh, I found a printing uh, house in my home state of Oklahoma. And um, so I have uh, created jobs in the state of Oklahoma, uh, getting the book out, and we're having a great time doing it. I love it. Well, folks, you definitely need to go check that out. And that is, I mean, that's a huge, uh, there's so many huge kind of pillars, if you will, of their attack on, on what this country is or values. Uh, but going after the women is one of them. You you bring up California there. You've got you've got a history in politics in California. I see w- with this this just you know the masks are off. This crazy push by the left to change this country and frankly take it down the road of communism. No one wants to call it that, but if you look at what it is, let let's let's call it what it is. And I see this quiet balkanization that's happening, and I frankly have gotten to the point where I, I tend to support it more because I'm just tired, and some of these states are so broken. But maybe you have a different take on it. Is a state like California, for example, that's obviously one of the more radical left states, are, are they salvageable? I know there's good people there, but politically speaking, is that a salvageable state that's ever going to turn red? Yes. Short okay. answer, yes. And here's the thing, we, we see some inklings of that support. Uh, we started seeing it in 2019 and 2020 when Mike Garcia won the big swing seat just north of Los Angeles. Um, he won it again, so the GOP was able to defend that. And then they were also able to deliver on some other seats. In fact, the 218th key seat that allowed Republicans to take back control of Congress in the November midterms, uh, it was from California and it was Mike Garcia's seat. And um, another seat, uh, Kevin Kiley, great guy out of Sacramento, conservative, like dyed in the wool, will not change his policies. He won in Sacramento, which has just about the same kind of homeless problem that San Francisco has. So those are some bright spots. Uh, You look at states like New York, those four or five seats that were picked up in the state of New York. These are all what I call, you know, harbingers of hope that in these two most liberal states in the country, People wanted a change and they wanted to change because they saw exactly what happened in the lockdowns of 2020 and in the riots of 2020. And they 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 remember that we didn't forget that when we went to the polls. And so that's changing. And and I'll tell you this, if you look at the uh, most successful governors, people like Ronald Reagan, 
uh, here is the key for winning in California. And I was always able to do this. And I went uh, 10 years without losing a single race in the state of California. And, you know, I'm very conservative Republican press secretary. I, I never was really interested in some of the kind of watered down campaigns. I always was doing the hardest ones to do. Um, but, but you have to be a conservative in California to win. You can't be this sort of, you know, watered down version of a Republican. You actually have to be somebody like Ronald Reagan, who was very bold. Remember, Ronald Reagan uh, was in office and was running for re-election in California when the Berkeley riots uh, broke out. That was the hippie movement. They were doing these sit-ins. Somebody got shot and killed. And they wanted him, the news media even back then, wanted him to kind of back down. And he said, I'm not going to back down. This is communism. Um, and this is something that needs to be eradicated from our society. And I'm going to actually take a tougher stand. And I'm going to, you know, pound my fist on the desk more. And we need more of that type of person running in, in California. And I, I can tell you, I used to represent uh, a taxpayer association, big taxpayer association in California called the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. We were able to win pro-fiscal uh, conservative elections eight or nine years in a row when everyone else was doing these like Frank Luntz, words that work, let's talk nicer, all this stuff. We were able to go in and win these anti-tax measures and shoot down, you know, increased taxes. We even ran a campaign against uh, a guy who was my former boss, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I felt kind of badly about it at the time, but he was pushing the largest tax increase in California history, a $16 billion tax increase. And we said, no, you're not going to do that. And we ran against him and, and we won. And we won in, in districts that were swing districts and were actually very liberal districts, including in Silicon Valley and the Bay Area. And it was because we threw off all the lines and we said, here's who we are and here's what we're fighting for. And I think if California Republicans uh, can do that a little bit more, I think they'll have some some great victories and eventually they'll be able to take back the state. But Gavin Newsom is very hard to beat. They are lucky yeah. he can't run for a third term. And um, America had better be prepared for what's coming because I do believe Gavin Newsom wants to run in 2024. He has said he's not going to, but I have heard and I suspect he's running a shadow campaign that's getting ready in case Joe Biden falls ill or right. something and, and Gavin Newsom will run. And I hope that he does because I'm the only press secretary, Republican or Democrat, whoever beat Gavin Newsom at the ballot box, and that was Prop 8 in 2008. It's the only time he's ever lost um, in his political career. And so uh, we're ready for him to lose again. So that, that could be kind of fun if he runs on the national stage. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I mean, well, I, first of all, he says he's not doing it if Joe's going to, you know, which uh, you, you can't trust a damn word these people say. Uh, and no. and the, the likelihood of Joe, I mean, if, and I go back and forth on it and, and, and not to go down this path, but it's like part of me is like there's no way on earth that they would run him again. It's it's irresponsible. But obviously that argument goes out the door right away because they're awful, hateful, anti-American people. And and, and he's not going to be healthy enough. He's not going to be this, that and the other. And it's like, well, no, hold on, pump the brakes, because he's been a very useful idiot and a very useful tool for them. The amount of stuff that they've gotten through under his so-called... Yeah presidency is is if if you're an awful person it's remarkable i mean obviously it's not good for the country but for them it's great i i want to i want to change though I, I bring up joe biden's name there 
and we'll see what happens with 2024. And I hope, by the way, that your encouraging view and optics on California are correct. And and you know this space and this business, so I tend to to believe you and go along with you. So uh, I hope that that's a great hopeful message. If you were going to give Joe Biden a Christmas present, what would you give him? <laughs> a turd wrapped a turd. in a little, little bow. Yeah. I was going to say, do you wrap it at least? I have to wrap it. Otherwise, your Secret Service would be calling. They would think you're throwing it at him. It's not that. It's just, I want to wrap it. It looks nice. It's a but gift. here, we think you're a turd. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that. That's a good <laughs> response. And then, yeah. you know, it's Christmas. We got to ask some Christmas questions. We already asked about your movie. We've asked what you'd give Joe Biden. Now, I think Disco has a question for you, too. I'm going to ask one more before he does. The question is, All right. uh, no, you can go. You know what? You're here, Disco. Ask away. Okay, well, uh, it, it's a two-part question. Oh, okay. Um, Which is bad. Oh, okay. and, and if you're interrogating uh, someone, you should always only ask one at a time. But, but, but carry well, on. Well, yeah. I, it's, oh, it's, so um, I guess I'll, I'll ask someone, <laughs> do you uh, like to partake in the Chinese gift exchange? Can we even say that? Is that Of course you can. You can canceled? say whatever you want. It's This yeah. is my show. With do you like the yes. Chinese gift exchange games that happens during the what, season? What is the Chinese gift exchange? Is that like, like a, a white, white elephant? elephant? Yeah, it's like the white, like a group of people get together. You, you have a, you set a limit on but it's what, a more racist version because it's on a, a table and you take turns opening the presents and and then you can steal it and all that stuff. You've never played that okay. before. I have played it before. I I haven't been racist like that before, but but here's the thing. with Perfect. me, here's here's my personality. So I'm kind of this old crusty like a uh, grumpy political consultant, right? So I've seen it all, I've heard it, so it's very hard to like win me over. So anytime I have to go to something like this, where they're like, oh, let's play this game. I'm like, Jesus, we have to do this again, you know? But the minute we get into it and everybody starts laughing and it's fun and then you get super competitive by trying to nab the other gift, then I love it and I leave and it's like, how come we don't have Christmas parties like this every day? So. I'm kind of so, hard to win over, but yes, I love it. Okay. So then the second part to that is when you buy the gift, do you buy it for yourself, hoping that you'll just, you'll be the one that opens it, no one will steal it, and then I got what I wanted? Or do you just kind of, you go out, maybe do a funny, a gag? What, like, what's your play on that one? How do you, you know, because there's no, many different yeah. ways to go through it. Yeah, I do the funniest possible gift. My, I feel like, you know, again, we're all, we're political people, so I'm very competitive. I have to get like the gift that's the most talked about, tried to steal it. Like it's got to be like that gift. Perfect. I like it. I like it. it. I like the response. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like you too, Jen. Like I, the, the thought of white elephant used to drive me crazy. Or if, if we want to use Disco's racist term, Chinese gift, whatever. Um, <laughs> we're, we're looking, we're talking to HR as soon as the show's done. Um, but. <laughs> But well, I, it's funny you mentioned this because I was just talking to my mom about when we were in junior high and high school, we used to do what was called the Chinese fire drill outside. Yeah. You would get out of your car and run around. And I, I just remembered, and this is my white privilege speaking growing up in Oklahoma, there was one Asian girl on our pom pom team. And we all went to all American uh, nationals together. But 
I now think, what did she think? Do I need to go back and apologize to her for that or what? Yeah. That's awkward. <laughs> Reparations are in. It's the Christmas season. You should give her something for all that you put her I through. I should give her a call. Yeah. I should yeah. give her a call. You, def- you definitely should. You probably yeah. don't remember me. Yeah. Um, but I remember you. And- <laughs> I feel bad. There was a kid in kindergarten who who had just moved. And I, I, I don't even know. This sounds even worse if he was Chinese, Korean, Japanese, whatever. But he, he didn't speak good English. And he was a sweet kid. Sweet kid. The teacher was off. This chick should not have been a kindergarten teacher. She was like, she was like the chicken Matilda, um, whatever her name was. <laughs> yeah. just, just a vile creature. But this dude would just talk. And we didn't understand it. We're stupid Midwestern kids. And we would just laugh our butts off at this, at this poor kid. So wherever you are. Um, I'm sending you a Christmas gift. I'm sorry. This is my Asian yes. uh, reparation. Uh, which is a scene yeah. from uh, from Billy Madison. <laughs> Putting lipstick, lipstick on. Checking <laughs> yeah. off. He's, he's taking me off, off his list. kill list. That's great. Uh, all right, last question. Well, t- I actually two questions. I lied, Jen. What's well, your favorite? Can I also make a disclaimer, too? Yes. I feel like I've made up for it because I live in New York City now, and my friend group is very diverse. My uh, One of my best friends who's coming to pick up my dog, who he's kind of the daddy of my dog we kind of share the dog he's he was born and raised in beijing china so i feel like i've i've done my reparation yeah your dog daddy is from beijing that's a big deal um <laughs> i love it um <laughs> drew burke was in this is my show does not condone having intercourse <laughs> with animals um that's and that's not what she said stop it people get your head out of the gutters uh what's your favorite <laughs> christmas song jen <laughs> Um, boy, you know, again, it kind of fits my movie choices. I do like the Mariah Carey song to kick off okay. the Christmas, but then I definitely go more traditional uh, as you get closer to Christmas, you know, like there are some Christmas songs, again, going back to the hardened political consultant that like on Christmas Eve can just make me ball and that's like the old traditional ave maria oh yeah and some of those yeah just you know just kills you do you think baby it's cold outside's a christmas song i do and i i encourage it i i freaking (laughs) love that song i think it's amazing uh okay jen tell us the best place for people uh, remind them where to get the book and then tell us the best place for them to follow you and listen to you on all american radio as well Sure. Well, they can get the book by going directly to The Real War on Women. That's exclusively at therealwaronwomen.com. And uh, they can find me on social media at All American Jen. And they can uh, listen to the radio show at All American Radio. I love it. All right. Well, Jen, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate your time. We hope you have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. We'll definitely have you back in the new year. When the show's looking and feeling a little bit more regular, I'll dress more normal. Uh, we'll we'll get back to those times. I promise. Please don't. Please don't. Let's uh, have it be Christmas all year long. That's the solution. I agree. You know what? Maybe maybe we'll be the first show that does that. It's like those Christmas shops that are randomly open twelve months out of the year. This is the show. Nope. It's nope. just always Christmassy. No, it's not happening. Okay. No. Right, well, no, no. We try. <laughs> we try. Jen, yeah, thanks so much for being here. Uh, to all the rest we of have. you guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. To all the rest of you guys. We hope you enjoyed this we hope you are enjoying all of the 12 interviews of christmas we'll look forward to seeing you here on the next one be safe be smart be free
Yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers.